This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. I knew half of South Carolinians saw the Confederate flag as heritage and tradition. The other half of South Carolinians saw it as slavery and hate. My job wasn't to judge either side. My job was to get them to see the best of themselves and go forward. But that is the way we have to work on issues that try and divide us, is don't go and pick who's right and who's wrong and who's good and who's bad. That's what leaders are doing now, and it's caused us to be completely in political disarray. A leader doesn't decide who's right. When you serve the people, you serve everybody. So, Amanda, um, welcome back. It's been a while. I hope you had a, a good holiday. How's everything going? We did. Happy New Year. Great to be back. And it looks like 2024 will uh, not rest on the fun new stuff to talk about. No, it will not. And we have Nikki Haley at it once again. I feel like eventually she is going to fade away like everyone in the Republican primary will when Trump finally grabs the torch from all of them, but she is still in the news and she still needs to be held accountable. And she has this video, which we just rolled in which she declares that the job of a leader is not to decide what's right and wrong or who is right and wrong. You were an Air Force Academy graduate, an Air Force officer. Is that your take on leadership? No, and it's kind of surprising from the party that I thought was all about the rule of law. Like the rule of law is actually how we decide who is right and who is wrong. If you aren't following the law, you are in the wrong. Like it is pretty clear that you need to decide who is right and who is wrong. Uh, and I think even like as a mom, like it's okay to be wrong sometimes. It's all right to admit I will admit I'm wrong sometimes. It's okay to say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I think this is something that is from a generation past where we can't admit that we are wrong to our kids or to anyone, but people are in fact wrong sometimes. And it's okay to be wrong and say, I'm sorry, and we can do better, but you can't do better until you know better. So if you can't ever admit you're the wrong, how are we going to do better? In her case, it seems like more than just an overabundance of pride and uh, an unwillingness to admit fault, it is a, a lack of moral clarity or at least moral courage. I mean, when it comes to slavery and all of this is obviously blowback and spillover from her terrible answer to that completely fair and I'll submit softball question about what caused the Civil War when she couldn't even say the word slavery in front mm -hmm. of a crowd in New Hampshire the lack of moral clarity in a moment like that or moral courage in knowing that if she told the truth, she would offend her, I guess, white supremacist base in South Carolina. That's not that's not just a um, inability to admit you're wrong. It's it's cowardice. Absolutely. There is no moral backbone there, but there is also no recognition that 
we have a true understanding of our history, right? If we're going to stand up for our country and defend our country and be proud of our country, we should know what our country is. To know where our country is going demands we also know where it's come from. And it shows utter lack of knowledge of the history of our country, but also the history of South Carolina and the Confederate flag. There is just no historical backing to what she's saying. Yeah. And when it comes to the role of a leader in a moment like that, I understand that a governor has to lead every constituent in that state. But part of that burden means telling the ones who are wrong that they're wrong. And not everybody gets to be right all the time. I mean, leadership isn't easy because of that, because you have to disappoint people some of the time. And I think her fatal flaw is trying to make everyone happy all of the time. And it's an impossible task. And uh, and her campaign is proving that. I think having moral courage today for anyone is being able to speak truth to power. Can you speak truth to power? And even in a military setting, when you are told, when you're given an order, right, you follow that order, but there is an unless. When don't you follow that order, right? When you know it is wrong, when it is against our moral codes of conduct that we have in the military, you do not follow it and you call that person out that you cannot follow that order. It is imperative that we have leaders with a moral backbone to be able to speak truth to power. You are never going to get there by both sidesing issues that do have clear rights and wrongs. We've seen this Ohio with a both sizing of the Holocaust. There was not a pro and con to the mass murder of people based on their religion. There isn't a both sizing of this. There are right, there's right and wrong. And it becomes pretty clear when you see in that example, the Confederate flag often next to the Nazi flag. It is not about tradition. It is not about heritage. It is about something else. And the more ambivalent a leader is about issues like this, the longer it festers. I mean, in the case of the the South, um, how do I put this? Because it's not the entire South, but the the devotees of the lost cause myth. Uh, in in that instance, mm-hmm. I mean, it has been well over a century and a half of pining after a cause that lasted. Somebody pointed out to me less than like half of the 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 length that Grey's Anatomy was on the air. I mean, the Confederacy should have been uh, Grey's Anatomy to has the... more heritage. <laughs> than the US. It does. I like that. It does. But but it should have been relegated to the dustbin of history a long time ago. But because leaders refuse to to stand up and tell the truth, we had the surge in in the building of com- Confederate monuments. In the 20s and 30s, in response to like the early uh, civil rights movement, we keep on returning to this myth because of the failure of leaders like Nikki Haley. And in that case in particular, I take it personally as someone who taught at a military college in South Carolina and faced this up close, the Citadel, where I taught, actually had... Cadets participate in the firing on Fort Sumter, which started the Civil War, and they commemorate that, or at least when I was there, they did. They they may still do it. They commemorate that in a celebratory way every year. I think that's what happens when we lie to ourselves about our history. 
And I think it starts when we lie to our kids about what happened. And the truth is there is a lot of history that we are intentionally not covering in our classrooms, right? So I know the right loves to talk about indoctrination. Please, when you have a population where you say that that flag is part of your heritage and history, when you didn't change it and put it in your flag, I think it was Georgia, Mississippi, didn't put it into their flag until after the Civil War. One, it wasn't until the 1950s. Don't tell me about indoctrination when you have completely denied what actually happened in our history to indoctrinate kids in your schools, which is what we've seen. Thanks for watching, everyone. I am trying something new, a Patreon page. It's a way you can support the show and make sure we can keep bringing you this content. My hope is that we can continue to limit the amount of ads we run here and that we can also build a community around this effort to fight back against extremists and their enablers. Subscribers to the Patreon page will have access to exclusive and ad-free content and also early releases. Please consider helping us out. Go to patreon.com slash Ken Harbaugh or click on the link below. We're just getting started with this. So your support early on will make a huge difference in building real momentum. Thanks so much for helping out. How do you relate this to the hysterical opposition to something like CRT? Oh, I mean, I will say there are people on the right. They knew this, right? They knew that there was a population who was intentionally not educated about the Confederate flag, about the Civil War, about the history of race relations in our country. And that was a huge gap that they capitalized on to make CRT the boogeyman, because what we don't know can scare us. And there is a lot we don't know when it's, missed, when it's missing from the history classes in our schools. I had a very in-your-face example of of what happens when we don't face up to these, these historical facts, when we're not honest mm -hmm. with our, ourselves. When I went back to Alabama just a, a, a couple months ago, I graduated from, from high school in the deep South and I visited the old Montgomery waterfront where riverboats used to tie up and they were the linchpin mm -hmm. in Montgomery's trading economy, which consisted of two main products cotton and enslaved human beings. And there's this plaque. I'm going to show it right here. Here's what the plaque says. And an important note, this is in a public park paid for by tax dollars. Due to its geographic location, Montgomery quickly became a center for commerce and government in the fast-growing central Alabama region. It was at this time that the first of many riverboats, the Harriet, arrived and transformed Montgomery into an important regional hub for the shipping, trading, and storing of cotton and many other important commodities. So the idea that in 2023, we can refer to enslaved human beings as simply important commodities is, I think, emblematic of what goes wrong when we're not honest about our history when dehumanization becomes so easy, and when we say something as stupid as the idea that the Confederate flag is just about respecting heritage. There aren't 
two equally valid sides of something like this. And if a leader cannot stand up for what's right and maintains that it's not their job to decide what's right and wrong, I don't think that person has any business being president of the United States. No. How are they going to do their job? It is important for that person to know who to get the advice from, to know who the expert on foreign policy is, to know who the expert on trade is, to know who the expert on inflation is. And if they can't figure out who's right and wrong on the advice they're given, we have no hope of addressing inflation, of keeping unemployment low, of making sure Americans have good jobs because they won't know who's right and who's wrong and what advice is good and what advice is bad. Okay. Let me indulge a little self-criticism here. I'm sensitive to a lot of the comments we get when people say, you know what? You are completely right to take on Haley's cowardice and uh, prevarications in private and in conversations with, you know, other, other reporters and journalists, but Trump is the bigger threat. Let's not lose sight of that fact. And if anyone can take him out, they should be encouraged. How do you feel about a question like that in a primary season when someone like Nikki Haley, who is far from the worst Republican out there, says something like she said? I mean, I'm an economist. We like competition. We think generally competition, we hope, will bring out the best candidate, whatever that setting is, right? So we want to see every candidate be able to field these tough questions and be able to answer these tough questions and that the tough questions actually make us better. The competition makes us better, right? So if Nikki Haley can't take these tough questions and can't take the competition, she's probably not the best candidate for the Republican party, right? We want to see the best, you know, I think there are Democrats who probably disagree with me on this. I want to see the best candidate from both sides and I want to see a good competition so that we can really start to have real conversations about how we get good jobs for Americans, about how Americans can access economic opportunity wherever they are in this country. But when we can't get to those questions, when we have leaders who can't answer, answer simple historical facts or who use it to drive wedges between people. And what she said was this fake way of like, let's unite us by saying no one's wrong or right. But the fact is the way she answered that question completely divides us because we know there's right and wrong and we know people are right and people are wrong. And that division just makes it worse, not better. I think that's spot on. I would also suggest that we're living in in unique times, or at least you have to go back a long ways in American history to find a moment as dangerous as the one we're in. And critiques of Republican candidates these days are sometimes a way to expose the rot in the party writ large. The fact that she felt she had to avoid the word slavery to avoid offending Republican-based voters tells us as much about the Republican Party that she is trying to appeal to as it does about her cowardice and her opinion on these issues. And I think that is really important to point out. The Republican Party mm -hmm. itself is becoming uh, a threat to, to democratic norms, and they don't want to admit it. But people like Nikki Haley are representative of that dark side of the Republican Party. That's such a good point. I mean, if you think about really who is judging who here, she thinks Republican voters are so sensitive that they will freak out if she says the word slavery, because that's what she thinks of Republican voters, not 
not voters who are in the Democratic Party or who identify that way, but she thinks they can't handle having a real conversation. She thinks Republican voters can't handle the word slavery. And she thinks Republican voters can't handle a real conversation about this country's history. That's what Nikki Haley thinks about Republican voters. And she's not the only one. Great. As always, talking to you, Amanda, what do you have coming up on the Suburban Women Problem podcast? Oh, coming up soon, we have an interview with Laura Papano. She wrote a new book about school moms where she went and talked to real moms, went into school boards, also went into Moms for Liberties conference just to see what was going on there, dressed the part and everything. It was such a great conversation to hear how our schools are really becoming a battleground when it comes to our politics. We will put a link in the show notes. Awesome talking to you, and we'll have you back next week. Good talking with you, Ken.